Well, welcome to another edition of Inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Savalero, and today's Inside EMS podcast is sponsored by FirstNet. Built with AT&T, FirstNet uses the latest technology to keep your lines of communication and data open to help you respond faster, smarter, and safer. With me always in the chair to my right, always in the chair to my right, is my good friend, Kelly Grayson, KG. Welcome to this week's show. Yeah, you got a hell of a topic. Oh, my EMS community is up in arms. Mm -hmm. And this is because of the drafted resolution that came out this week, June 21st, from the National Registry of Emergency Medical Technicians, where the board has put out a resolution for public comment, where the executive director would update the initial certification requirements for all levels of certification to include successful completion of an EMS program that meets or exceeds national registry education standards. And the change comes where all programs now have COAMS accreditation. And these programs have to go through an accreditation process. Then they have to be able to show their ability to meet the standard. And this has been going on for quite a while. And now the uh, board of directors is uh, changing the concept to say you can get a uh, KHEP accreditation. And of course, we know that KHEP stands for the Commission on Accreditation of Allied Health Education Programs. You could have the COAMS accreditation, letter of review. And this is where all the EMS programs have been, all the paramedic programs have been, Kelly. Or Mm -hmm. you can receive a state EMS office approval. And they're allowing the states now to make. So this is a big change from where we would. This change would expand. They would would expand eligibility requirements, allowing state to choose their own um, accreditation requirement. Right now, they're in comment period for the next 60 days. I think that ends sometime in August, Kelly. And Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to EMS1 and uh, view the um, resolution. We'll put the resolution in the show notes. And you can make comment periods. But... There are people that are up in arms about the uh, change. And remember, this is comment period. So Mm -hmm. if you have a challenge with this, you know, we're going to talk about it. And if you have a challenge with this, go ahead and make your comments. But there are a lot of people in EMS, you know, Dan Limmer, our friend Dan Limmer uh, at Limmer Education Mm -hmm. has uh, put out a great position on it. Um, And we all respect him for his ability to train the next generation of EMS providers. Uh, Brian Bledsoe, who has more textbooks than, uh, you know, anybody that you can think about in EMS. He's probably yeah. written more. He's probably written more EMS uh, content than anybody else in our career field. And uh, he had a good position on it. And, you know, I, I think that the, the challenge here is that people think that EMS is now taking a step backwards from where they were yeah. going initially to make this a uh, better a position to move forward. But Kelly, I'll give you your initial thoughts. And I think we'll just kind of talk about this of what this looks like for EMS. And uh, you're vested into the EMS world uh, with basic education. But uh, what's your initial thoughts here? I I think it's a, uh, I think it's a step backward. Same, same as uh, I, I tend to agree with Dan Limmer on this, that, that we are, um, it's, it's a step backward. I don't think we need to loosen the accreditation requirements for paramedic programs. I understand that this is a response to to the staffing shortage, but I think it's the wrong response, you know. And 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 uh, just like uh, several of the the 
methods or, or um, uh, solutions people have come up with to the staffing shortage, I think have been the wrong one. You know, I don't, I don't like uh, boot camp EMT classes. I think they're the, the wrong way to, to get meat in the seat. Um, but uh, the thing is, is that uh, even though uh, uh, backing away from making co-amps the sole accreditation body of, uh, of paramedic programs. Um, at the, if we're not going to back away from that, we still need to make co-amps somewhat more user-friendly. Uh, the program directors I know that have, uh, that, that run co-amps accredited programs, uh, always griping about the, the onerousness of the co-amps accreditation process and how much easier it should be. Um, and, and they're not really easy to work with, from what I understand. Uh, what, what is, is uh, a little surprising to me is, is that um, uh, this is the, the sole accreditation body being co-amps is, is not a, a uh, it is, hasn't been around forever. In fact, it's a fairly new thing um, uh, up until just recently. And, I, and heck, there may still be some programs that are working towards their co-amps accreditation. Not every paramedic program in Louisiana had co-amps accreditation. There were state-approved paramedic programs that were, were um, eligible to test for national registry, uh, and they met all national registries requirements, uh, uh, which meant that they had to be affiliated with or, or conducted by a college or university. So they're all college or university-based, um, but they weren't. They had not met uh, all of the, the uh, accreditation requirements for co-amps. Uh, and, and there were some quality programs among those. Uh, so I don't think the world's going to end because co-amps accreditation, uh, if we don't uniformly require co-amps accreditation, uh, it didn't end in Louisiana for many years and, and there were quality programs that did this. But once again, I think that, that having uh, multiple standards is not the way to go. Well, Kelly, I tend to agree with you. And I think, that, as you said, this is a result of the, great resignation that's going. So they're calling this period yeah. of time the great resignation. And we're in the highest yeah. rate in history of more than any other time where people are leaving their jobs in a market of 160 million workers, about Jesus. 4 million workers a month are leaving their job. And when we start to think about the shortages in EMS, we have to think about how can we now preserve what we have, because there's a lot of EMS agencies. I was talking to somebody yesterday who's in the fire service in Iowa, and he mentioned offhandedly, we weren't even talking about it, that he's 15 positions down in the fire service. Jeez. So when we start to think about this from a standpoint of how can we get more paramedics into the fold, um, is this the way to do it? I don't know the answer to that. You know, one of the things that we have talked about on this show is how we would revamp an educational process. And to become a paramedic, it's, it's you know, about a year's worth of time in, in the mm -hmm. low end. I mean, there may be some programs now that uh, are a little shorter, but because mm -hmm. of the co accreditation, they have to meet certain standards that they can get to a point that the National Registry will accept their program, their program completion, and then move on. And right now, they were bringing those standards because they wanted the uh, to bring up the caliber of the EMS provider. I asked the question on the uh, NEMSA 
uh, National EMS Management Association's listserv, if anybody had any data on what the passing requirements were uh, pre-COAMPS uh, accreditation and post. And it looks like there's about a 10% increase in uh, pass rate. Um, yeah. And there's a considerable uh, increase in pass rate on the first attempt. And Kelly, you remember back in the old days before electricity, before yeah. we had COAMPS accreditation, <laughs> the first the first time pass rate of the National Registry exam, which I think is written in French, by the way. So uh, <laughs> if you don't speak French, you're not going to pass the exam. Um, but so there, there does seem to be that the that there's been an increase because of the standard. But I think that there's a lot of challenge with EMS education. And I don't know how I feel about this going back to the state for approval or, you know, changing this from the standpoint of saying we're going to take a step backwards. I think we take a step backwards if we if we allow paramedic mills. I think that's where we take the step step, yeah. step backwards. But if the states are going to allow certification, I really think that there needs to be X amount of education that allows the paramedic to learn X. And then there's some on-the-job training that has to be conducted and training done inside the agencies. And then it's the agencies that will send people along to uh, take the paramedic exam, take the National Registry exam. I think we give them a little expanded scope. I think we allow them to operate under a um, uh, an advanced EMT. Um, you know, even from we go back to the old intermediate standards where I was able to do advanced airway management. I was able to give some medications. Mm -hmm. So, could this be a good thing? Does it have to be a bad thing? And I, I guess I'm asking rhetorically, but I feel like I'm babbling yeah. now. So, let me let you make sense of what the heck I just said. I don't. I don't think it's a good thing. Uh, I, I don't. On the other hand, think that the sky is going to fall where this come to come to pass either. Um, uh, the problem is, is, I read this as National Registry responding to uh, the the threats or whatever of several states um, to to uh, pull out of uh, the National Registry and, and move to move back to a a state uh, uh, certification. And uh, I hear this traveling around the country that, that um, you know, my state's about to, a national registry is a racket and my state's, uh, we can't pass it. And uh, they never look at, uh, they never look at, uh, well, maybe that's a problem with our education process and that our education programs are not up to snuff. Um, no, it can't possibly be them. It must be the testing standard that's the problem. Um, and uh, I think that's a step backwards because uh, a lot of these state-based uh, or these state uh, uh, certification programs, um, I won't name any particular states, but, but these states don't have the, the wherewithal to validate and update and maintain a valid exam not near to the to the standard that national registry does uh you you literally have to teach modern ems and how uh how it should be done and then teach them what it was 15 years ago so they can pass the darn test and, and that's as true in, in several states i can think of right off the top of my head uh that that uh they're you know you're, you've got paramedic questions involving bertillium for god's sakes uh and that sort of thing and, and aha standards that are 15 years old that's the kind of thing that we're going to go back to uh, if, if these states go uh, uh, do away with National Registry. 
and, and I don't think NREMT wants that to happen. So, so they're, they're throwing them a bone. Um, what I don't see in that resolution is that they are moving away from their requirement that paramedic programs be college or university based. So I don't think you're going to go back to the bad old days of paramedic classes being taught in, in uh, uh, apparatus bays at fire departments, uh, you know, around the, the uh, weekly fish fry or barbecue dinner. Um, I, I don't think that's going to come back. But I do know that from talking with program directors around the country, I was just at an a, uh, EMS instructor conference, a state EMS instructor conference last month, and they had some very distinguished educators speaking there, people with, with uh, co-ops accredited programs, running high-fidelity simulation, multi-million-dollar simulation suites, really sophisticated paramedic education that we're griping about how onerous the co-amps accreditations are and how some of them and how they need to change. Uh, and they can change without watering down the, the value of the program. And Brian Bledsoe made that point in on his Facebook page that, uh, that he believes that, that several things need to happen. Um, if a number of states pull out a national registry, it's going to start a tide. And if that happens, you're going to wind up with National Registry losing uh, a significant amount of, uh, of credibility. If it's what makes it work is that it is supposed to be a national standard. Well, if you start to get four, five, six states and then 10 states and then half the states uh, moving back to their own state standard, uh, then you're not going to have a national accreditation anymore. We've taken as a profession a huge step backward. Uh but uh, if they're going to do that, then they're going to have to, to lean on co-amps uh, and its member organizations uh, uh, to, uh, to revise their standards and streamline this and make it a little easier for programs to, uh, uh, I won't say easier, make it less burdensome uh, for programs to, to achieve co-amps accreditation. Uh, or come up with some guides and some some guidelines and how to achieve these things instead of uh, having them figure it out on their own. One thing Bledsoe points out here is is or, or he proposes develop an alternate paramedic uh, accrediting body, uh, maybe from a consortium, maybe EMS organizations. Uh, I don't think you know that that coamps going away. Uh, will spell the end of the, the EMS profession. I do think that EM, uh, the National Registry being significantly weakened would be a blow to our profession. Um, I think that another accreditation body could step in there uh, if COAMPS is not going to, to uh, play ball uh, and take their place. Just like, uh, just like the Joint Commission um, has become a uh, protection racket for hospitals these days. We don't want to see co-amps have so much power that they're a protection racket for uh, for paramedic programs. You know, nice. You're just so cynical. You're just so cynical. But yeah, I think yeah. that there's I think that there's a lot to unpack there. Um, you know, but the, the the problem is the accreditation, right? So it makes no difference who the standard body is going to come in and yeah. give accreditation. Um, it's still going to open up the same door. But let's go ahead and take our mid-show break, Kelly. We'll do our read. We'll come let's back. I think there's more questions. I think that there's more questions that we want to answer. So uh, go ahead and give us what you got. Everyone in EMS deserves a reliable communication network like FirstNet built with AT&T. 
Your fellow public safety professionals at more than 19,500 agencies nationwide rely on FirstNet to make sure they have the connectivity and data they need to care for patients. And FirstNet is now offering increased coverage in rural and tribal areas. So whether you're looking for an individual plan or an agency-wide solution, you can join FirstNet and check out their limited-time special offers at FirstNet.com. Back with Inside EMS and my good friend Kelly Grayson as we're trying to unpack the resolution that's coming from the National Registry that could change the accreditation. They're in comment period right now. Uh, and if you have an issue or you have a comment you want to make, uh, by all means, uh, go ahead and send that comment. You know, Kelly, one of the things that you said, you've said it a couple of times, even in our pre-show planning, was that there's nothing in the resolution that says that the states, there's nothing in the resolution that says that programs still do not have to be affiliated with college programs. But because there's nothing in the resolution that says that programs need to be affiliated with states, that doesn't mean that the states are going to say they have to be affiliated, that programs have to be affiliated with university or with colleges. There's nothing in the resolution that says the states have to make that so either. So when we start to think about that from a standpoint of what the state is going to allow, um, if, they, if they're going to connect them to university programs, because uh, a lot of the university programs are already co-A accredited, right? I mean, you, I yeah. believe, I think you and yeah. I had a little bit of difference here, and we were trying to find it so we can give you the best information. I believe that every, every university, every college that has a paramedic program has to be co-A accredited, where you and I, you had the discussion that says you didn't think that that was necessary. And we don't have the, 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 that's right. We don't have the best information to go either way. So if you know, for a fact, you know, our listener base, if you know, for a fact, uh, please uh, let us know so we can give you the right information. But anyway, to that point, if the colleges are co-A accredited, as I think they are, um, and then the states that say you have to be aligned with a college or university, then the standard is going to be set because they've already met the standard, right? They're not going to change yeah. their yeah. the structure and foundation of their paramedic programs. Now, I think that takes a generation for it to become, you know, bastardized or the normalization of deviance mm-hmm. that changes the process. Because even though you have a COAMPS accreditation, if I'm not mistaken, you still got to submit uh, reports and, and class grades and so on and so forth to keep your accreditation up. So yeah. if the states are going to say they have to align with a college or university, I don't think anything changes for five or 10 years, right? But yeah. if they say that they're going to allow paramedic mills to, to get back into the business, there are educators out there that are just looking to make a buck, right? And um, if they can put paramedic programs on, but remember, they have to be approved by the state. So mm-hmm. is their state going to set standards to say that you've got to meet this standard to teach paramedic programs or are the state's going to now become culpable and saying, go ahead and just teach paramedics. So yeah. I think that there's a lot of different ways that this can go, Kelly. But, you know, when we think about this from the standpoint of the great resignation, as I was talking to you before, mm-hmm. that 4 million, 4 million people a month are leaving their jobs. A lot of agencies, and and I work in the outside of EMS space, and a lot of corporations are now starting to change their hiring processes, meaning out in California, I believe, and and if uh, I'm wrong about the state, they're allowing retired teachers to come back without having accreditation. Um, 
or certification, whatever they need to have, right? There are some big uh, uh, agencies uh, like Apple and Google and and those types that are having problems getting people in that they're laxing the the, the education requirement. They're not requiring yeah. degrees and they're not retri- requiring advanced degrees to get the people in. Um, you know, there's a big push now that the Indeeds and the Zip recruiters and the Monsters that they're excluding people from getting to the um, uh, agencies or the organizations because they don't meet some requirements that there are people out there that are unemployed that want to work, that they're advising them to go back to the newspaper and put their ads in the newspaper again, instead of getting on the, so when we start to think about this from the standpoint of the challenge of where EMS is in recruiting and retaining Um, I think something needs to be done, and I don't necessarily know if this change will affect EMS negatively for the foreseeable future. But, I mean, that's just me and my opinion, but there are smarter people out there than me. You know, Dan Limmer, again, he's been on our show. He's a friend of the show. Um, You know, he's the guy that I would turn to, and, in fact, I did where Lima Education responded to the NREMT Resolution 2213. He put that out on June 20, and you can check out his uh, his response at limereducation.com, and I encourage you to read it. And um, one of the, in the first line, you know, he kind of outlines what we're talking about, but in the second line, he says something that's very, very, uh, I think, eye-raising, and it makes you say, uh-oh, that this reversal begins a new dark age in EMS. And as we now start changing the standard of the expectation, uh, what does this look like for our career field in the future to come? I, I like I said, I, I tend to agree with Dan that, that it's, uh, it, it's an ominous shadow, uh, this announcement. And, and I think that in the, in this comment period, it's not a done deal. Uh, that's why they released it for comment. So in this comment period, we should, we should, uh, go to NREMT and make our voices known, uh, and, and pub, uh, comment on the, the public document. Um, <clears throat> Brian had something interesting to say, one of the potential solutions uh, that he proposed on his Facebook page. He said to save the National Registry of EMTs, one or more of the following things has to happen. And the last item in the list was to make uh, a degree requirement, uh, associate or bachelor's a requirement for paramedic. And I don't think that's a bad idea, not for, you know, not just because I've advocated a degree requirement for quite some time now, but this could potentially shift the accreditation burden to another source that is still uh, that, that is still a, 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 a high level of accreditation. Rather, if if Coamps is not going to to um, make the the uh, accreditation process faster and less onerous, uh, then simply remove the Coamps accreditation requirements as National Registry is proposing. But make uh, make sure that colleges or and universities still house paramedic programs uh, and make it a degree requirement. And then <clears throat> the the burden for uh, for providing a quality program falls upon the college or university 
to if they're going to award a degree, they have to meet certain quality standards by uh, whatever the accreditation uh, agency is for that college, like uh, SACS, the Southern Accreditation, uh, Southern uh, Accreditation for College and Schools, or Southern Association of Colleges and Schools, like most of the uh, the four year universities in Louisiana and across the South uh, are a member of. So there, you know, there won't be a, a total lack of oversight and, and uh, accreditation oversight uh, if there is a degree program. Uh, they'll have to meet certain standards to award that degree and make sure that it's a valid, uh, a valid degree. Uh, but hey, you know, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. What do you think is the, uh, is the ideal path forward? Do you think that the National Registry's proposal in this issue uh, is a good one? We'd like to hear your thoughts at the show at ems1.com. For myself and co-host Chris Sabalero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week.